Hello and welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and we have more updates with iOS 17 Beta 3. And I finally got to test tvOS 17 Beta 3. We'll get to that and personal voice. iPhone 15 might be coming with a larger battery. I want to talk about some delivery apps, saving links, and yes, threads, threads, threads. That is the new app from Instagram, the Twitter competitor. We're going to get to that as well. And to discuss all of it, my good friend across the pond, William Gallagher. How's it going, William? Well, mostly good, except uh, today... You just said threads there. Threads. And this morning I thought, well, there's no point. I know the EU has blocked it because of the ridiculous privacy issues that are still being sorted out. I can't use it. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, hang on, I'm in Britain. Yeah, there it is. You're it's not fine. part of the EU yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> knock yourself out, says Britain. Do what you like. Privacy, doesn't matter. So, yes, I downloaded it this morning as we record this, and I have joined. I was wondering, I was wondering because I was searching the Threads app. It's it's very exciting over there right now. We're going to talk about this later in the episode. Yeah. But I was adding for the show notes for today, I said, I wonder if William Gallagher has an account where I can include the link to his profile in Threads. And uh, yeah, there it was. I found it. Oh, you found it? That's, I, I joined Instagram to support a friend who was teaching an Instagram course. I, I was working with her. I liked her. I wanted to know. I joined up. And there she is. She tells us whatever it is you need to know to start off with. I sign up and instantaneously a friend from the States says, Ping is following it. And I thought, how, do they, how, does, how does everybody know this? I mean, so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh. You make me jump sometimes, but this was just spooky. Wild. We're going to get more in depth on threads a little later. We'll get to that. But we actually have some iOS 17 stuff, iPhone 15 stuff, and one five-star review. I'd like to thank RedPixel09 from the USA. Not green or blue. Red pixel. Red's the best pixel color, isn't it, really? I mean, it starts the RGB, you know what I mean? There you go. the first one. The first one. Yes. Where is it in CMYK? It isn't. It's abandoned. It's not. You got cyan, magenta, yellow, and... And Black. Yeah. Yeah, K stands for black. That's right. Right. Listen, I'm... I know my printer colors. (laughs) You're not going to trip me up with a CMYK. I know what I'm talking about. So let's talk Pantone numbers then. What's your favorite Pantone range? (laughs) Let's not get out of hand here. Let's not get out of hand. I want to do a quick follow-up on visual lookup. Wes and I talked about this last week, trying to figure out, well, at least I was trying to figure out, when does the iPhone actually give you information on stuff and when does it not? And so I looked up the Apple support article. I'll put the link. It'll be the top one in the show notes. And it is basically you take a picture and if there is something in the picture that visual lookup has identified, the little eye icon that you typically see We'll have some stars next to it as though to denote there's something special about the information in this picture. And that's when it will bring up some of that lookup. And I've realized, so I went to the beach last weekend. I don't know, do you go to the beach over there in England? I mean, your whole island is beaches, right? Uh, I avoid beaches like La Plage. Yeah, you see what I just did? Okay. Yeah, a bit see, of French, I, French I see punning. What you did there. Yeah, it didn't work, but it was still there. Yeah, okay. Very uh, punny, uh, yeah, very okay. punny. I like it. No, so I, we went to the beach, and I took a picture at sunset because that's what you're supposed to do at the beach, I think, you know, at least if you're on the uh, West Coast mm-hmm, somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's where we were. And when I took the picture, I looked back at the pictures later, and I saw the little star icon or visual lookup. And I wondered, how is it identifying water and sun like what is the deal and i it seems like it doesn't always just identify the contents of the picture but it will also use your location to look up some additional information on that picture when i click the little eye on the picture it actually says landmark wow i'm like this is it's water and sky i don't understand what the landmark is 
But when I tap that, it actually shows the exact beach we were on. We were down in Bradenton on uh, Anna Maria Island. It actually gives a maps location and similar web images uh, because of that location. And I imagine that also helps up with like monuments or other statues. You know, if you were taking a picture of the Washington Monument, it would use your location to triangulate information as well as what's actually in the picture. So I thought it was interesting. It's not just what's in the picture. It's where you take the picture from whence it came. Yes, I'm intrigued. Yes. Have you, so do you see this a lot? Like, do you see the little visual lookup thing sometimes? Practically never, and actually possibly never. I remember discussing it once with you and uh, coming away thinking, I've just got this wrong. Why have I, have I missed a setting somewhere? Uh, but here in the UK, whenever it was, I tried this. Uh, I think it, I think it did find one thing. It recognised one flower. But most of the time, nah. Nothing yeah. at all. Yeah. And at the time, I put it down to either I was getting it wrong or just, you know, different countries, different releases of things for it. But The other piece of follow-up, too, I want to point out, uh, Mark Van Setten on Twitter actually pointed out that Visual Lookup is only available in specific languages. So in many countries around the world, you will not get Visual Lookup. And according to the Apple Support article, it's English, French, German, Italian, Japanese, and Spanish. And so if you speak one of those languages and your iPhone is set to that, then you get visual lookup. If not, you don't get it. Actually, it expands a little more because that's actually not a, a many languages, honestly, for visual lookup. We'll see. We'll see if it improves also. And um, I, I feel like actually having it in the camera app would still be more useful. I know my family uses this app called Seek. Have you ever used that app? No. Seek. It's basically visual lookup, but kind of really super powered. And it doesn't require you to take pictures of everything. So you open the Seek app, it opens the camera, you point it at a plant or you point it at an animal, oh. and then the Seek app will identify it pretty quickly and give you information on that specific thing, and you don't have a bunch of pictures of stuff you were just trying to look up. So, All right. Yeah. Now, iOS 17 Beta 3 came out earlier this week as we record. The new features, like you can have more information in Apple Music on the performer of a song and composer credits, which is cool, but also a big update is the home activity, which was announced in the keynote but now is actually in the app for iOS 17. And so if you have HomeKit and smart home devices, home activity, you actually tap the security section when you're in the home app on that home app front page. And then you can see a running record or running log of contact sensors and doors like door locks or garage doors that have opened and closed. And if someone opened it or activated it, via HomeKit, via their device or via Siri, it will say who opened the door or who opened uh, like the garage door or unlocked the lock. Really cool, that running list of activity. Before, it was kind of a pain to see like when was this activated? I think a lot of contact sensors you couldn't even really see unless you had automations and shortcuts set up to kind of like notify you of that kind of stuff. But I love this home activity. I think it's a welcome feature. It doesn't have, you don't have to have all the devices on the newest OS. So like Andrew, he has iOS 17 beta on his iPhone, so he can see the activity even if his wife has opened the door or opened the garage door, even though she's still on iOS 16. Right. So so any thieves, for example, don't have to upgrade to iOS 17 to be caught by it. Okay, good point there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's it's very cool. I do wish we confirmed that this is still not yet a feature where you could set an automation with a contact sensor or door, and when a door is left open for a certain amount of time, you get a notification. I feel like this is such a basic need when it comes to smart home, and I've talked about it on HomeKit Insider several times, but I'll mention it here. 
I have a mini fridge outside on a patio that has some drinks in it, as you do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes the kids get in there, so that'll tell you what kind of drinks it is not. (laughs) Because my kids will go out there and get a can of something. But I put a contact sensor, an Acara contact sensor, on the fridge door because I need to know, was that door left open? And if so, I need to go close it or have a child close it because that fridge is going to get ruined. Mm-hmm. And so it has actually alerted me many times, but not the home app, because while the home app sees the contact sensor and will tell me if the door is open or closed, in order to get a proactive notification that said, the door has been open for five minutes, better go close it, I have to use the Acara app, which it works great, very consistent. The Acara app will tell you that a door has been open for a certain amount of time, and then you know you send you the notification, but still the home app can't do it. And I think that's a little silly, and I wish it did. There, there's what have you. I've got to get back into HomeKit. My house is still in a, a, a huge state after it all failed, uh, after I changed Wi-Fi and, oh, and that stuff. Uh, so at the moment, every now and again, I invite my wife to our house. And so far, I think it's four times now, no invitation has even been received for it. So I, c- mm. I control the house. <laughs> right. Those invitations were really annoying and that uh, didn't work for a long time. But I also have another big gripe with iOS 17 and iPad OS 17 specifically, and that is, William, the settings app. What's wrong with the settings app? What what have they done to the settings app that's so bad? It's what they've not done, is they still will not let you do slide over or split view with the settings app. William, what is the deal? Do you know... I've never once in my entire life, most of which uh, uh, was before iPadOS existed, uh, I have never once tried to use settings inside. What settings do you need to come into and add? I mean, I've got a thing of I would like, I've mentioned this before, that I like changing the auto lock. That's it. Otherwise, I go into change something and that, that's it for today. What do you change so often that you need it there? Uh, well, William... Yeah. Because I am trying to use the iCloud passwords and iCloud keychain that Apple updated in iOS 17 with family groups so you can share it with friends and family, trusted contacts, and trying to see, can I go all in on iCloud keychain? Oftentimes, when I need to create a login or create an account on a website, the little auto-suggest passwords doesn't pop up all the time. It's pretty inconsistent. Uh-huh. Or if I'm trying to create an account within an app, many times the suggest passwords doesn't show up at all. Because you're inside an app and not in Safari. Oh, I see. Okay. I would love to slide over the settings app so I can access my iCloud passwords because there's not a standalone app for iCloud passwords and create the account there, do the whole two-factor authentication and create the whole thing. And it would just be so much easier if I could just slide it over. But no, you have to literally go directly to the settings app and then it says, sorry, split view is not supported. And then copy and then go back to the app you're creating an account in, paste the username, go back, go forth. So I just want split view or slide over with settings. That's all. Is that too much to ask, William? I mean, it's on iPhone. The settings app is on iPhone in literally the shape that it needs to be for split view (laughs) and uh, slide over. But for some reason, just iPad refuses to do it. I I don't know. think you're actually crying out for a separate password app. That's what this is really. I've been saying that. Yeah. I've been saying that. So... Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. And now, one other iOS feature that I want to talk about. Now, are you running the beta on your phone specifically? I yes, forget. yes, I am. Actually, I for for cause. For I was writing about macOS, and you know what it's like. Features are across all of them. I need to know how something could be. So I did it. Um, wow. I didn't expect to keep 
doing the updates because for the first one it was actually quite stable and I thought I've I've got away with it now don't push it but uh, no I have in fact updated to each beta uh, release as as more or less mm-hmm. as it's happened in fact yes. yeah well it's it's almost like you did it by accident like normal but uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I have tried personal voice have you oh, tried personal no voice? no I haven't yeah okay well here's a here's a little taste William yes personal voice. I was hoping to podcast with my personal voice, but it sounds like Siri and isn't supernatural sounding, but pretty cool nonetheless. It's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Why don't you tell us how you really feel, William? <laughs> but I'm shocked how poor that was. Yeah, so that's a, that's a little taste. Let me, let me do one other phrase here. And uh, for some reason, it's so buggy, like I can't copy and paste into the thing. So I'll say, Today I'm recording the Apple Insider podcast with my friend William, who lives across the pond. Who is this person? And what is he doing <laughs> interrupting us? William, I spent, I spent a solid, what is it, maybe 30-ish minutes? It walks you through recording 150 phrases. So you have to record yourself saying into your yeah. phone at once. You can't pause and come back later. You have to say things like, in 1982, the president was such and such. And then you have to say, I ate a chocolate bar yesterday while I was uh, sitting around. You know, just random things. Hmm. And I'm sure there's some science to all the phrases you have to speak because it's trying to get all the different inflections and different numbers and how you would say things. So I was very excited for this. And then it takes 24 hours to process. Your phone has to be locked and charging in order for personal voice to do all of its machine learning processing. Can't touch your phone. Can't even use it. You, you unlock it, like pauses or starts over. I don't even know. So I didn't touch it. I left this phone alone for 24 hours. I said, I want this personal voice to bake perfectly. I want this cake to be exquisite. You know what I'm yeah, saying? And the souffle did not rise. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> when I tried to type something and have my own personal voice play it back, I was rather shocked at how much just like like a worse Siri. It's not even <laughs> as good as some of the Siri voices you have now on the iPhone. It's like a worse Siri. And uh, I was pretty surprised. You know, I thought with all the AI tools, I've used some of them that, you know, you give it some audio files, it analyzes your voice. And it's been like, I, there are some uncanny tools right now where it really does sound like the person with whatever you type and it just speaks it. But personal voice is not it. It's not the thing. So I'm actually, uh, am I relieved or disappointed? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little, I don't know, it's a little rough. So I'm curious if, if any listeners running the beta has had a different experience, but it is definitely not something where you would want to, you know, type something at length and have it play it and record that and use that. Now, obviously, for the accessibility side, this is going to be very useful, you know, especially if someone is either losing their voice, maybe permanently or from a chronic thing. Like, obviously, this is like, this is great. But just for the natural sound, like, it doesn't sound natural. It doesn't sound great. So you should do it, William. I'd be curious to hear how it does a British accent. Well, perhaps this is a time I should confess to you that everything I've said so far has been generated automatically by personal voice. <laughs> but but you're including all the responses to questions I didn't know you're going to say. Uh somehow. Yeah, don't think about that bit. This is your own personal voice. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you you personally. It's it's 
Yeah. I recorded all the phrases I usually do, like uh huh, and um, anti-Brexit uh, stuff, omni- all that kind of thing. Omnifocus. Yes, there you go. Omnifocus. <laughs> like eighteen different inflections. Omnifocus. <laughs> omnifocus. 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 Yeah, omnifocus. omnifocus. I like omnifocus. it. Okay. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. The omnifocus uh, omni group. You can use that in your ads, yes. please. Uh, please do. So anyway, personal voice is a little disappointing, but uh, I'm glad for home activity. Oh, and. I finally got TVOS 17 beta to run on my Apple TV because I, for some reason, it just was not working. So I had to factory reset it, which is always fun. And now the naming of my Apple TV has a little two in parentheses next to it. Yes, it's um, super true. annoying. I cannot stand the parentheses number. <laughs> like I can't, William, do you have Apple TVs that do this? No, but um, some of, one of my AirPods sets has it. So I've, I recognized it as soon as you said that. And I don't know how to get rid of it either, but I- It yeah. is. It is the most crazy making thing for some. Now, listen, I'm in a privileged position. I have like seven Apple TVs. Okay. And so, Liz, I know that's more than most people. Wait, wait, that's one for every day of the week. Do you watch them until they fill up or something? Uh, Yeah, Um, that's right. I I try to actually, oh, I have another good Apple TV story. No, I have one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, shoot. I do have seven. Well, look at that. Uh, but like some of them are like older and I just keep kind of hooked up for yeah. testing purposes. Like the one I put this beta on, it's not a TV 4k. It's like 1080p. But anyway, finally got the beta on there. Control center is wonderful. Love that. Are you running the beta on an Apple TV? I would not run it on my living room TV set. Yeah, I, I like using it. So now you've said it, I keep my last generation Apple TV around because I used to present from it somewhere, but, um, it might be too old for uh, the new TVOS. But anyway, um, so Control Center is the big difference. Control Center is the big difference. And of course, the, the standout feature is FaceTime, which I actually just got to test earlier today. And I found out it, when you open the FaceTime app on the Apple TV, the iPhone that's connected to your iCloud account automatically shows up and you can just select it from this little menu. Because my iPhone is not running the iOS 17 beta yet, I couldn't select it. It just said like, try to sign in or whatever. So just some error message. But I realized, and this is a very cool feature, you can use any iPhone that's on the same Wi-Fi network that's not connected to your iCloud account as the camera for the FaceTime app. And what you do is you tap other, and there's like this little like, you know, anonymous profile icon. You tap that, it throws up a QR code on the Apple TV screen. You can scan that with any iPhone that's on the same Wi-Fi network and automatically that iPhone will jump into continuity camera mode and can be used with that Apple TV for FaceTime on the Apple TV. And that's, uh, yeah, Yeah. that's really cool. And I was like, I was curious if it was going to have to be tied to your personal Apple ID or if it could be any iPhone. And it turns out you can do it with any iPhone uh, that's on the same Wi-Fi network. So very cool. And that presumably that can support continuity camera. So Correct. a few so generations iPhone, back at the most. Yeah, I think it's iPhone 12 and newer uh, supports continuity camera. <clears throat> it does have to be like still. Like I was holding the phone and moving it around and it wasn't like jumping into the FaceTime call. And I had to like keep it still. And then there's a little countdown like three, two, one, And then it'll jump into the FaceTime app where it has recent calls. You can do center stage. You can do portrait mode, blur the background. And there was another option I forgot. But anyway, really cool. Other apps on the Apple TV will be able to use it, like Zoom and WebEx and all that. So thumbs up. FaceTime on Apple TV. Very, very cool. Dear listeners, this week is sponsored by you. 
I actually don't have a sponsor for this episode, so just wanted to take a few seconds and let you know that you could support the show directly by going to patreon.com slash appleinsider. If you subscribe there for $5 a month, so every other week you can get an ad-free version and you get early access. I publish those episodes as soon as I have them edited Thursday afternoons typically. So early access and ad-free there. And if you subscribe on Patreon, you do get chapters when you get the RSS feed from the Patreon, but you can also subscribe directly in your Apple Podcast app. So if you're listening there, you should see a little subscription available flag. You can tap that and subscribe to the Apple Insider Show there. You'll also get an ad-free version. There's no chapters in the Apple Podcast version. Hopefully they'll be adding that feature soon and the chapters will carry over. It's kind of a technical limitation of their platform. Not something I can do anything about right now, but you could support the show either way. And supporting the show will help us keep making the show for a long time, even when there are weeks that we don't have any sponsors. So as always, thanks for listening. We really love the community. We see you guys on all the different social networks, the new Threads app, on Twitter, on Mastodon. Love hearing from you and interacting with you. And we hope you enjoy the show every week as you listen. So let's get back to it. All right, let's talk about some iPhone 15 uh, rumors real quick. Two big ones. Number one, battery is going to be larger on the iPhone 15 than it was on the 14, which I'm very thankful for. And William, I would like to know from you, as I list this other thing, I would like to know what your battery health percentage is on your iPhone 13 Pro, because I know you're still on a 13 Pro. I am. Okay. And I bet your battery health is higher than my 14 Pro. Okay. I have some doubts about that, but yeah, well, we'll see. health, and uh-huh. it is very slowly. We're talking about maximum capacity, maximum capacity for battery health and charging. Oh, would you like to have a guess? 92. 90. 90. As I predicted, William. Hey, no, what? 15, oh, sorry, I see what you mean. Okay, not that prediction, but the prediction before that you didn't mention <laughs> was spot on. Okay, I like how this that works. Did, no, no, I said I said you're going to beat me in battery health. Oh, I thought I did. Okay. I'll retroactively no. insert it if I didn't say it. <laughs> insert it in personal voices voice so we know it's <laughs> been added in later, that kind of okay, thing. Okay, okay, hold yeah. on. I bet my battery health percentage will be lower than yours. You like that? Uh, so mine is 89% oh. on my iPhone 14 Pro. It dropped below the 90s. Last time I checked, it was like 91, but that was like two weeks ago. And apparently the iPhone 14 Pro models, it just nosedives on battery health over time. So 89% Curious. on a, what is it? Eight month old device, nine month old device, which seems crazy to me. And I know people are going to say, people are going to say, MagSafe, you're, you're killing the, the MagSafe. Listen. I charged every iPhone from the iPhone 12 to this one with my MagSafe charger on the bedside. I've been using that Belkin 3-in-1 the entire time, like all three years. And the iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 battery health did not drop this drastically. I think it got down to 96 or 97% before I traded it in. So something's up. With the 14 Pro. But do you know, is that just yours or is that a generally known? I see uh, on Twitter and now threads that there's a lot of people that complain about battery life on the iPhone 14 Pro. And I, I've i seen, uh, I think at Ian Zelbo, he had a couple Twitter threads asking people. And I it seemed like peculiarly, is that a word? Yeah. Peculiarly? Peculiarly, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Peculiarly low battery health from iPhone 14 Pro. So I don't think it's just me. Was there some battery change between the 13 and the 14 range? I supposedly it got bigger. Oh, right. The battery is actually a larger percentage, which is really silly. So I feel like, I think maybe something with the phone, and I don't have always-on display on either. 
Like, I have not had that on the whole time. I'd forgotten about that. So anyway, supposedly bigger battery in the iPhone 15 and 15 Pro. Hopefully that also, something about it helps the battery health as well. And also new colors. Yeah. The iPhone 14 Pro might be featuring a deep purple color, which I feel like, didn't we have purple last year or a couple of years ago? Uh, yes, it was a mid-season replacement, wasn't it? Uh, a very vibrant purple. Right. As I That's right. Cool. Yeah. But the color that I'm actually looking forward to that I might not be able to get because it might not be on the Pro is a mint green, a mint green on the iPhone 14. And I missed the green of the iPhone. What was it? There was a there was an iPhone. Oh, it was the mid-cycle 13. Yes. The mid-cycle 13 Pro got the like Aspen green or whatever. And of course, I upgraded on day one. I was not about to do like a mid-year upgrade. Yeah. And I missed that green. Now I'm going to miss green again, William. Looks like. Well, we don't know if that's the mid-season one or or if it's out of the box. And you could, I'm looking forward to yeah, Crimson true. Glow or whatever it's called. The kind oh, like of rusty red kind bronze-ish, of. maybe? A bronze maybe. Bronze, good word, yes. Yes, yeah. yeah. That, would be, that would be nice. I would go for a bronze. And uh, are you, I mean, you're upgrading this year, right? Well, I thought I was. I seem to, cho- you made me just think then that I was probably quite, why is to skip the 14 if it's battery? I mean, it's only one thing, battery. Everything else is great. But it's enough for me to hang on to that I was right to skip it. But my intention to go for a 15 came before the economy changed, before the rumours that, yeah, there'll be a bigger battery, but it'll cost more and all these kind of things. So right. I, I am intending to, but let's see if right. Apple manages to convince me. They will, but let's see them convince <laughs> me. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if it works out. But that's those are the rumors right now. I'm looking forward to USB-C, especially for USB microphone input. That is a big deal in, in my line of work, as they say. All right, I wanted to touch on this. Apple was highlighting the student activity using the Deep Field iPad app, where students were encouraged to like create things on the iPad, draw things like with Apple Pencil or their finger. And then using the iPad Pro's LiDAR scanner, participants could create or move their creations that they drew on the iPad into the real world in an augmented reality fashion. And I just thought this was hilarious because, I mean, this is a future use case of the Apple Vision Pro, 1,000%, <laughs> where you could draw something on your iPad or create something and procreate and then move it into the real world, maybe even make it a 3D object. I mean, such a such a one-to-one correlation. And like next year, if Apple does this, it'll just be with a bunch of kids wearing headsets, <laughs> just a bunch of like uh, digital eyeballs on the outside of these headsets. So I thought that was fascinating. Uh, I'm curious, William, it's been a couple of weeks uh, since we've last spoken. I imagine you've been steeping as you steeped your tea before recording this podcast. Yeah, I see exactly what you did there. Yes. Yes. Yep, I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the uh, Apple Vision Pro oeuvre, the, uh, the Panopticon, how do you feel? What's your current feeling on Apple Vision Pro? Are you a little more excited about it? About the same? How, how do you feel? Well, I suppose, boringly, about the same. Yeah. I had zero interest in any headsets whatsoever before. I at least want to try this one. Yeah. Now, I mean, we mentioned uh, the Omni Group. Uh, they got all of their apps working on the developer kit within an hour um and yeah they're always very quick to these things and i I quite fancy trying out their apps and that's a very non-ar kind of idea it's not a game uh it is visual but it's not well omnigraphle their graphics images well actually i don't understand omnigraphle so i wouldn't be using that but a (laughs) to-do list in (laughs) ar doesn't sound compelling but Mm, it kind of is attracting me a little bit i mean not three and a half thousand 
pounds worth um, or dollars worth it would be not a flight to america to buy one of the three that they make available uh (laughs) sometime next year but what about you are are you now all in i heard one thing on some podcast it was probably atp or maybe it was reconcilable differences but anyway when the ipad came out the idea was like it's a big iphone like everything you could do on the ipad you could have done on your iphone and definitely could have done on the mac and so what is the purpose for this device and the main difference with the iPad, now fast forward to today, and the reason why I edit all my podcasts on iPad is because of the interaction method. Namely, the Apple Pencil in the app Ferrite editing podcast with that interaction method is so much more enjoyable and much faster for me personally that the iPad is a worthwhile device and changes how I edit podcast. Something that you could do on a Mac, something you can do on other devices, but I prefer it on the iPad. And so that little idea where changing the interaction method with apps and different things will actually create a use case for a device that seems like it just does the same things just slightly differently, that maybe gives me a little more hope that there is a future for spatial computing, even in my workflow, where maybe waving my hands around is going to be a better interaction method, or at least different enough It makes doing some task or some project uh, more desirable with a headset on than not. I don't know what that is yet. We might not know for many, many years to come until developers like make really good apps that take advantage of it. But I'm slightly more excited about it and seeing what it does. That's very persuasive. I I have a small problem that um, I've tried editing using the Apple Pencil and I find it considerably slower than using the keyboard and things. So uh, that specific paradigm doesn't do it for me, but I get the idea and that's interesting. Also, I suppose I gesticulate a lot, so that could be, I don't don't have to be controlled. (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe you'll just love typing at length. uh, Oh yeah, yeah, 80,000 words on a floating keyboard. (laughs) That'll happen. Yeah, rush me, a virtual keyboard. I think you're going to see OmniFocus in uh, AR just as large as you want to make that window, and you're going to be sold. Mm -hmm. I can manage all my Omni's focus. (laughs) I can can (laughs) OmniFocus everything. Or maybe, maybe it will be the ability to apply for an Apple card (laughs) in VR. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, um, with um, American Express instead of Goldman Sachs. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, if so, that that could be that could be the answer. That could be the, the route to international. But we'll see. What what two things will happen first? Apple Vision Pro launches, Apple Car, or Apple Card coming to the UK? I think that is the question. Yeah, not really. No, I think uh, of those three choices, Apple Vision Pro. It's you know it's going to be next year. Yeah, Even oh, when yeah. Apple stretches its definition of early oh, yeah, into yeah. next October twenty twenty four or something, <laughs> but it'll still be next year. In, well, there'll be one or two released at least. Uh, the Apple Car. Uh, no, I will say it again for the record. It will be next Tuesday. It will be in blue, mm. just because one day I'll be right and nobody will ever remember. Remember all the times I was wrong. I will be, a, right. you know, in, a, incredible at that time. Um, That's right. And the Apple Card coming to the UK. Mm. Uh. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Well, maybe if it changed hands, and right now it's looking like that. Goldman Sachs has lost over a billion dollars backing the Apple Card, which I feel like I thought credit card was a good business. I feel like high interest rates was kind of like a surefire way to make money doing this, but apparently not. I don't know. 
I'm not a financial guru. I, I don't understand why American Express or anybody would want to take on uh, something that Goldman Sachs couldn't handle. I mean, there are other issues. Goldman Sachs and its consumer market as a whole has had problems right. and concerns, shall we say. So it may not just be a straight, we didn't make enough cash this week, but that's obviously <laughs> a big part of it. So yeah. does that mean Apple Card is a flop just because it's really good and very useful? <laughs> Well, it's interesting. Like when I saw this news, I have actually been slowly moving all of my purchases to Apple Card because the high yield savings account, I had all of my daily cash now going to that savings account. And I wanted to like try this out long term. Like does the savings account build? Does doing all my purchases through Apple Card actually like deposit enough to be worthwhile? And so far, I really enjoyed it. I like it. And another feature of Apple Card, which I just had to like uh, renew my debit card. And had a bunch of recurring charges on it and trying to find all those is a pain in the neck. Yeah. So I was like going through all my streaming services, finally canceling some that I was paying for and don't use anymore, looking at you, Hulu. But I was like canceling all my recurring stuff and I'd moved it all to the Apple card because, I'm sorry, I know you don't know this, William, but if you go to the Apple card in your wallet app and you hit the little three dots in the top right and you go to card details, I believe it is. Is it card details? I can't, I found it somewhere. Oh, give me a minute. I'll look it up for you. Yeah, yeah. Over thanks. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. You can. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You hit the magnifying glass so you can search for transactions. And one of the things you can do is search for recurring bills. And it will show you very quickly all the different recurring charges that have hit your Apple card. So I moved all my recurring things like my Disney Plus and Apple One services bundle. It's all on Apple card now. So I moved everything. Everything's on the Apple card. And now I'm like, would Apple like call it quits on this because the backers are just not backing it? And I I'm like, I can't imagine. So like they launched a savings account attached to it. They push it everywhere. I mean, I'm pretty safe, right? William? Like they're not going to just cancel this thing, right? No, I think you're, you're quite good there. I could see Apple taking on the whole deal. Right. Uh, I mean, they don't have the financial background, but they have the money to fund the buy now, pay later stuff. So right. they're obviously true. looking into all this. Well, but. we'll see. And maybe it'll switch to Amex, which fine, you know, that's fine. But and hopefully you guys get it sometime, like in the next decade. Who knows? How many years has it been? Five years? Uh, it was 20, was it 2019 the card came out? Something yeah, like that. 20, yeah, four years. That's yeah, four years. So I'll tell you, by the way, just we got Apple Pay straight away everywhere. None of this waiting for your local bank thing. It just happened and it was everywhere. But I had some problem with iOS 16. I can't remember what in the world it was, but my watch stopped uh, loading my debit cards for it. Oh. Moved to the iOS 17 beta and I got back the watch. For about three weeks, I was having to pay with things using my phone like an animal. And now I can just blip blip with the watch, which is the way nature intended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going through the London Underground, just vaguely wave your arm near the turnstiles and you're straight That's through. Nice. It's how it should be. Yeah. 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 It is nice. It is nice. Uh, quick Apple TV mentions uh, real quick. Uh, you can tell me what scripts you've read. You don't watch these shows. But anyway, a uh, new trailer for Killers of the Flower Moon, which is the Martin Scorsese movie coming to Apple TV Plus. Actually coming in theaters first, then Apple TV Plus. Invasion Season 2 starts, I believe, late July, which I really enjoyed Invasion Season 1. Did you see that? Invasion Season 1? Totally missed that one even existing. Oh, yes, I was quite I surprised to hear season two of a show i hadn't even heard of (laughs) it was pretty good uh you should read the script and then foundation season two also uh, yes i'm I'm kind of looking forward to that and i don't fully know why because i I watched them all but it 
I just, I'm not sure why. I was just, I wasn't drawn back to it. I just seemed to accidentally watch it. Just like you accidentally install the betas, you just kind of trip and fall. Yeah, and it happened. Suddenly you watched a whole season. Yeah, yeah. Um, the script yeah. to the, the first episode of Silo, the script is available. Um, have you seen any of that? I've seen the whole season, William, because I actually watch TV shows. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I actually watch this stuff. I don't just read. Yeah. But yeah, I think you should watch it. Talking of watching television, today I will watch the last episode of classic Doctor Who. I've been watching it every day, at least one, for about 14 months or so. And tonight <laughs> is the last Sylvester McCoy episode, and I feel wow. like I have accomplished something of no importance or worth, but I've done it. Listen, so many people talk about Doctor Who, and so I tried to start. I went to the very first episode ever, William, of Doctor Who. Yeah. I uh, I got one episode in. I'll be honest. I just couldn't. For the 1963 version. I'm. I was. It was very old. Whatever okay. it was, it was very old. Just watch the new run when it starts. Um, it's looking like it'll be very good. So start there. Okay. Um, avoid 700 previous episodes, and you'll be all right. Mm, yeah, it's it's a little much. It's a little much. But anyway, I, I would encourage Invasion. I like that. I'm gonna, I got to check out Hijack. People are saying good things about Hijack mm. with Idris Elba. And that just came out. I think there's three episodes out right now. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, Apple TV, they're on a little bit of a roll. And I would recommend Silo. I finished the whole season. I think it is very good. Um, the, oh, The After Party season two must be very soon. I adored that first run of it. Did you watch any of that? I watched a few episodes of After Party. I did really like it. I just hadn't finished it. I couldn't find the script. Does that mean, was it the penult? I actually did just read the script of um, <laughs> the, the child's episode where uh, the young girl is interviewed. Uh, and it's fantastic on the page as well as on screen because you know the setup so well by then. It's well into the run. You know all of the characters. But because it's from this little girl's point of view, some of the characters are puppets. And it's not, they just walk by. Like, that's what's normal. A puppet would be doing this and things. And it's just <laughs> the sense of time that she has is so wrong i waited for ages and you see it's seconds it's just gorgeously well done so that's fun oh very fun all right i want to talk about saving links and package tracking apps very quickly and then we'll get to threads 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 but uh what do you use to save links william do you use the reading list use something else not really well i used to think of hookmark quite a lot um it's less for saving a link per se and more for linking things together so um you have show notes, they might be linked to the audio recording or to a spreadsheet or something. And whichever one you're in, you lip, you lip, nip carefully, quickly to the others. That's my major use of saving links. The rest of the time, I have no idea. I have a bookmarks list that I haven't used in ages. I probably just leave the tab open. I think that might be what it is. See, you're a tabber. You're a tabber. I would have said I wasn't, but since tab groups, the blessed tab groups have come in. It's an uh, enabler. It's an yes, enabler feature where you can is. just hoard your tabs. Although, can we point out, you've often said to me about feature requests and things we wish to see and things. Being able to automate tab groups on the Mac the way you can, on the iPad, the iPhone... Why is that not there? I never piddle about on my iPhone with tab groups. I do it all day on the Mac. And to be able to press a button to switch from Apple Insider to the Writers Guild and back again, why isn't it there? Yeah. What's going on? I'm taking it personal, like, now. Well, that's a, that's a good feature request. Also, I had a friend, a friend from high school, Carolyn. I was talking about if you have, like, 100 tabs open in your web browser, we can't be friends. And she sent me a screenshot 
Do you know the maximum number of tabs you can have open on an iPhone? I don't think so. Is it 101 or something? Oh, no, 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 no. no. 500. <laughs> okay. 500 tabs is the max, and it will no longer... Please, please tell me that's written in a support document somewhere. You didn't just keep saying, and one more tab, and one more no, tab. No, no, no. My friend Carolyn sent me a <laughs> screenshot okay. of her 500 number tabs with the plus button grayed out <laughs> and the inability to open any more tabs on her iPhone. Right. Frankly, I thought it was rather impressive. That is a rather impressive accomplishment. And I uh, I would like to know if any other listeners have run into that, but 500. So, uh, wait, wait, wait a second. I watched 700 episodes of Doctor Who, and that's nothing to you. But opening 500 tabs, that's the accomplishment. Oh, okay. Listen, listen. Well, you as long there, as I You know. can sit there and just let your streaming service go to the next episode. You literally have to do nothing. Yeah. 500 tabs? I mean, you got to be clicking and typing in address bars and saving things. That's a lot of tabs. Yeah, I really stand corrected there. That's absolutely true. A lot of tabs, a lot yeah, of tabs. no way to automate that at all. No, no. Listen, listen. No. I, I understand you could do that. This this was not automated. This was just raw tabbing. Okay. <laughs> just raw tabbing. Uh, but anyway, I found the app called AnyBox. And I know there's lots of apps out there like Pocket and Instapaper for saving links. I'm just not crazy about those anymore. And AnyBox is a nice, like, you could save videos and you could save web articles and has a really nice, like, share feature, works on every platform. So I'm using AnyBox, and I'm just curious, listeners out there, if you're using anything. And, William, if you find something, I'd like to know. AnyBox. AnyBox. Okay, I'm quite intrigued. A-N-Y. In all seriousness, when I'm saving a link, if it's for a work thing, it will actually often go into OmniFocus. Other times, if I have a long list of things I want to watch or read later, if it's reading, it'll go into the reader apps, read it later thing and where I can forget about it. And I have an Apple Note somewhere with some things I intend to watch. Like, I think Ted Lasso is written there somewhere, but I haven't opened that in quite a long time. William, I think you are obsessed with OmniFocus. And I think we're having some interference there from another radio station. (laughs) Yeah, This is an alien broadcast. Uh, Let me know what you're using to save things later. And also package tracking, I need to mention quickly because my beloved app Deliveries, which I've used for many, many years, it is still really good. And one of the features it still has that I don't find in other apps is I can log into my Amazon account and it stays logged in in the deliveries and I can add any Amazon order in just a few taps, even like multiple at a time. And deliveries does a great job tracking that. But it doesn't do FedEx because FedEx are jerks and they just refuse to let third-party apps like access the uh, the tracking information. But there are other package tracking apps that do pull in FedEx and Deliveries has said that they're like not really working anymore on the app. And so Deliveries might be sunsetted at some point. I've tried Parcel. It's too British sounding for me. I can't do Parcel. No, I'm just kidding. I tried Parcel. I just wasn't crazy about the UI or whatever. And then uh, Brad Thornborough on Mastodon, I believe, uh, Aftership. I had not heard of this app before. This is Aftership. And I'm trying it out. I do really like it. It's a little aggressive on the notifications. Like anytime there's any update to the delivery, it's like, notification, hey, update. Your stuff is still being delivered. Like it's it's a little aggressive. But I do like the UI. It actually tracks FedEx packages. And I I do, I I like it. So I'm trying after ship with delivery still on the side. And then Nathan Gathright on Mastodon also said that Shopify actually has a nice tracking app. You can use shop.app. But you do have to let it uh, access, I believe, your Gmail or something like that, which I wasn't prepared to do. You are you're still dependent, though, on the data being sent from the 
tracking company. So it's, we have the Royal Mail here and routinely it will text you uh, to say that your parcel is on the way and the text will say your parcel will be delivered on and then there's a blank and it says if you're not going to be in let us know by responding here. And it's like it's not there's a placeholder missing but it's every single time it will not tell you when it's coming and yet insists that you've got to tell it if you're not going to be around. In the end, just whenever Royal Mail Delivery pops up, I think, okay, mm. it'll come eventually or not. Yes. The Aftership app, somehow, I mean, FedEx is not giving the information to other tracking apps, so I'm not sure how it's doing it. I don't know if it's like loading the website behind the scenes and like checking how it, what it's doing and then pulling that information in because supposedly apps should not be able to get it from FedEx. No. But however it's doing it, it's doing it. It's doing it. I'm just doing Any it. chance there's a before ship which just stops you spending all this money? <laughs> no, that's that's called the Apple Card in the UK. I can Ooh. I could not. Yeah, sorry. Okay. I could not make this up, William. As we are talking about this, the FedEx truck is literally pulling into my driveway right now. I'm I'm sending you uh, a picture of it because I just I can't even believe it. Okay. I don't, why are there two? Why are there two William Gallagher's in our Slack? What is the What is the deal there? Oh, yeah. Uh, one of them is just absolutely horrible. You don't want to talk to him. He's, he's terrible. That, yeah, that, that yeah. guy's a jerk. You know. uh, yeah, it's real. Okay. I just yes. sent you that picture. The FedEx truck literally just pulled into my driveway delivering some smart shades from Smart Wings. I'll be honest. Yeah, Do you now have to cool. go to your front door to get the smart shades, or were they just sorry you were out? Will that be left I think, waiting? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That is a HomeKit sponsor, Factor Meals. That's that's actually that box oh, right. because the box is not long enough to be the shades. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, I don't have to get up. I think uh, I think they leave that leave that there. So anyway, I've got to say I do love the FedEx logo with that, um, you know, the invisible arrow in it, the negative space yes, arrow that is that's nice. in there. That's just smart. That, that is nice. So wait, so what package app do you use? Tracking? I was using deliveries for quite a while. It tends to be only kind of around Christmas time that I have enough packages coming through that I have ordered rather than review stuff being sent that I need to keep an eye on. Um, but I come, my use kind of fell off a little bit. And then there's all that stuff about it basically doing less and less. So I haven't really looked around for anything else. But um, I will try out any box now you've mentioned it. Well, any box is for saving links. You should try after. Oh, ship. sorry. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you got to you got to keep track of the stuff in something like OmniFocus, okay? Two. I need a uh, uh, thing Stephen has recommended. Mm. App. Uh, thing Stephen has recommended other than Ted Lasso app. That's what I need. I need one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I genuinely, I was thinking, oh, there's quite a lot today that you put in my head. I now need to go off and explore that uh, mm-hmm. home actions okay. thing. These yeah, apps, yeah. yes. yes. And I've given you nothing in return. I'm so sorry. Well, you can give me. As a gift, William, oh, your God. thoughts yes. on threads, threads, right. threads, threads. Unfortunate name for the HomeKit and Smart Home <laughs> protocol. Oh, I thought you were, there's a very, very famous BBC drama from what, 80s and 90s, like end of the world type stuff and really horrible. So if, here, when you say threads, that was the first image that came to mind. And if you look on Twitter, or I imagine now also threads, you will see the cover of the DVD and somebody looking oh, no. really rather poorly, shall we say. No. Um, so yeah, that's where I was going with the name. Uh, no, other no, no, than no, that, no. it's. I mean, thread. Thread is the uh, smart home protocol that helps devices yeah. like communicate faster. Unfortunate name. Does it matter? Eh? 
Hey, listen, listen. You see I can't what it, do you any see more what puns. Oh, I know, okay. I know exactly what you did. I, I, I made the same same pun on Thread, which don't. you know if you followed me there. Yes, okay. but Threads. So Instagram. This was rumored for a long time that Instagram was making a Twitter competitor, basically the exact same thing that Twitter does, and the same thing that Mastodon does. But this was going to be an Instagram a la Meta app. It was going to be launched Thursday, July sixth, and then they did it early. They released it a day early, I think, just to kind of build the hype. So it went live Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can download the Threads app right now. If you have an Instagram account, it basically just pulls in all your Instagram info. You get your Instagram username in Threads. And uh, I got to say, William, it's been pretty exciting. I I really like the Threads. There's been many, many opinions. I was tweeting earlier in the week about the privacy labels and basically like the Threads app. It it knows shoe size, you know, everything. Shoe size. Yeah. Do you like chocolate and vanilla? Did you ever put a whoopee cushion under your teacher's chair? I mean, it knows everything about you. And it, it knows. Do you know? I'm going to let some of that just go by. Let, that's just not. There's obvious <laughs> questions here, but Listen, we're moving on. No. It knows about the expired milk in the back of your fridge. It knows about that moldy bread under the couch. It knows about uh, this. It knows about everything. Okay. The privacy label basically says select all. We yes. know everything. Okay. It was just privacy. You have none. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, the thing is, for all those that are very opposed to the privacy, if you have either the Instagram app and or an account or the Facebook app and or an account on your phone, the argument is a little moot because the privacy label is exactly the same for the Threads app that it is for Facebook and Instagram. So, I mean, come on. I mean, if, you, if you're going to use those... You're already screwed. What the hell? You're, In for you're, a penny. You're okay. already, yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're already there. So privacy, like I was already using those. So like, whatever. I'm on the threads. The app is not as good as Twitter. It does not have things like a follower feed, which is probably the biggest pain point for most people. But Instagram has promised it is bringing a feed where you can just see... I'm going to say thneeds. I'm going to say, you know, Twitter has tweets. Mastodon has toots. I'm saying Threads has the needs. You know the reference, William? No, I don't. I can't even conceive how you spell that random assortment of syllables. Have you? Are you? A, have you ever read the Lorax by Dr. Seuss? No. Oh, really? It's Seuss is as big a thing here as there. Uh, socks and fox and all of that. <laughs> Seen it in American films. <laughs> Haven't really knocked around with it much in uh, childhood. So, okay. Well, the Lorax was my favorite Dr. Seuss story. Maybe second only to Oh, The Places You'll Go. That's a pretty good book. But anyway, uh, in the Lorax, there's something called a thneed, which is, I won't even go to explain it. But anyway, uh, I was just saying that to be funny. How so, do you spell it, though? I can't mm, get the word in my head. T-H-N-E-E-D-S. Thneed. Okay. Thneeds. The yeah, needs of the many outweigh the needs <laughs> of the few. Okay. Man, right. You're on fire today, William. These, pun- these puns are coming left and right. I got to <laughs> dodge them as they're coming through the headphones. Uh, so it's a, there will be a follower feed eventually. Instagram has promised that feature is coming. It doesn't have great like GIF support. You have to like copy and paste GIFs in. It's a little, you know, it's missing some stuff. But, I mean, did you use Blue Sky, the Blue Sky app? No, I was about an inch away from it and then I got distracted and then it seemed to go away or at least everybody was suddenly talking about threads instead. Uh, That's exactly it. That's oh. exactly it. The, the threads app is better than the Blue Sky one. The Blue Sky one was buggy and meh. And also, Jack Dorsey has said, we're going to pause signups on Blue Sky uh, now that Threads is out because we kind of have to like rethink our whole deal. Oh, interesting. So I'm not, I mean, 
I got the Threads iPhone app uh, this yeah. morning. It just suddenly occurs to me, can I get to it online? Can I get to it on the Mac, which is actually where I use Twitter quite a lot? That's the other pain point. Uh. You can't browse the feed in a web browser. There's no Mac app. All that is coming, they have said. It really feels like they launched this prematurely to try and capitalize on the Twitter angst mm. that many feel, like maximum number of tweets you can see in a day. Yeah. But here's 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 my deal, okay? There were a lot of people that left Twitter that I really cared about. In the podcast space, in the tech space, they were just like not using Twitter anymore. And some of those people went to Mastodon and many of them did not. And they just like went dark. But all of a sudden, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, came threads. And they all seemed to just flock back because they were all on Instagram and they never left Instagram. They were all just lurking over there. And now they're on threads. And my podcast friends and my tech people, like it has all converged. And there are, yes, there are brands on threads. Like Wendy's is there. Causing a ruckus, which they actually have pretty good uh, the needs. It's pretty funny. But anyway, it's all there. It's all happening. It's all there. It's very exciting. And they announced just this morning, so what, 12 hours into this, they have 10 million users. No, no, wow. I'm sorry, 30, 30 million users. That was the Goodness latest number. Me. Okay. <laughs> 30 million users. And to put that in perspective, Mastodon, after several years of people trying to get Mastodon off the ground, has 1 million users. Ouch. So I'm just saying these people uh, that you yeah. missed that went dark, basically all these people got their lives back and now forget that that's over. They're in. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. it's a, <laughs> Exactly. But I don't like it is, for some reason, like it is exciting. And I don't, I don't know about you. Were you ever part of like a social network launch? Like, were you there on day one? When it was all happening? Uh, actually, yes. Um, a very long time ago. On the, well, it was CompuServe days. I was involved in quite a few launches on CompuServe. So it wasn't the whole platform. And I did actually work. I was hired out to America Online for a bit, for Ooh. a particular project. And that's how I learned how disastrously stupid the inner workings of AOL were. So I never used it as a actual punter. But um, beyond that, I've never launched an entire platform. Uh, for you no no well i i i missed the twitter launch which would have been what 2007 2008 you know i didn't oh so you mean sorry yes yeah no i wasn't there for the start of that i wasn't there for that tiktok was like first musically and i wasn't on that so i didn't i kind of missed the the that launch with tiktok is whatever I, I don't really care as much about that but you know in mastodon it was around for a long time before like people started actually migrating over so i had not been really part of like this is a new social network vine Right. I might have been oh, there for Vine. Vine. Grief, yeah. yeah. Didn't and use which, it, but okay, yes. <laughs> I'd still be down for it coming back. Vine was pretty fun. Uh, it actually might be a better alternative than Twitter. But anyway, being a part of this launch, like right now, as you listen to this recording, this social media network is like, yes, it is the same as Instagram and, and uh, Meta, but it is siloed. You know, it's not like you see Instagram posts in threads and vice versa. You can post threads to your Instagram stories, and that's a whole little confusing or whatever. But it feels like a new social network has just launched. And in these early days, I don't know, it feels exciting and I'm, I'm enjoying it. So uh, all that to say, uh, try threats. You know, privacy, you know, if the privacy thing is a concern, then don't, you know, don't feel like you have to try it. Don't try it. But if you had an Instagram account already, you already had the app on your phone. I think it's, uh, it's worth a shot. I think it's, you know, MKBHD is there, Snazzy Labs. There's a lot of podcasters like the ATP guys are there. William is there. I found him lurking, yes. even though he hasn't posted anything yet. You're there. I've liked uh -huh. a few things. But yes, what you're saying is that at last, 
You can tell your kids and your grandkids when they come along that you were there for the start of Threads. And they can go, uh-huh. Listen, yeah. no one, I know no one's going to care, but it feels exciting it right now. Yes, yes. And I do think, I listen, as Twitter is still on my phone, I'll just be copy and pasting the same stuff to four different networks, Twitter, <laughs> Mastodon, Blue Sky, and, and this until we figure out. But it does feel like a very interesting time in like social media, the arc of history for social media, because it's like some of these are going to die. Like yeah. not all of these are going to, I think Blue Sky is going to die. I don't think Mastodon is going to have mass appeal. I think it's going to be Twitter or Threads, and the next year is going to be very telling as to which one is going to be on top. Meta has a pretty good track record. They have like 2 billion users on Instagram, 3 billion on Facebook or whatever. They have a pretty good track record for social networks. So I'm, I'm glad you qualified it there because it also has a track record for other things, doesn't it, really? But yes. Well, but it does. And again, like, I wish it wasn't Meta. Like, I would also be the first to say, like, I wish it wasn't Meta doing this. Yes. But it is. And because they already had like critical mass of user base, Threads is like overnight a useful place to be because there's so many people there just automatically. So. I don't know. I still see uh, Apple bringing back Ping and that being a yeah, big yeah, success yeah. there. Yeah, that would yeah, be, lots yeah. Of yeah. Yeah, that'll, you'll be able to sign up for Ping with your Apple card. Mm. But, uh, you know, just uh, anyway. Anyway, that's I'm excited about it. I just want to share my excitement. And William's thread uh, profile, that link is in the show notes. You can follow William. Do you know, right I'm there. actually going to have to go look it up to see what it is. Because I it's William Gallagher it. underscore. That's it, yes. <laughs> you know one of those names where you think, ah, I'm never going to use this, what does it matter? Um, and that's what I, I ended say, up with. I will say, you chose to put a link in your bio, and I think this just came over from your Instagram account, maybe, but oh, it's yeah. an Amazon link. And I was like, really? why does William have an Amazon link in his profile. Does it link to one of but my books or something? It does. It links to Scrivener vs. Ulysses. Choosing oh, and using no, the you best don't want to read app. that. That's so out of date. No. All well, right. I might there, change there it, it to something else a bit better. Okay. Well, right now, if you run, don't walk, run to William's uh, thread profile and you'll see the Amazon link. It'll probably be changed by the time this episode It's probably an affiliate link, which means you could go through, look at the book, think, oh, that's rubbish. I'm never going to do that. And then buy a car or something, and I'll get a kickback. So rush to that link. <laughs> okay, there you go. You can, William will get a kickback on his own book <laughs> that he will also be. I'll tell you, I have made more money from uh, my very first book with the British Film Institute than I did from the British Film Institute. Pointing at the book earned me more than writing that book. But I love the book, so right. what can you do? Well, there you go. There you go. Well, listeners, let us know. If you're on Threads, uh, reach out. Our My profile for Threads is in the show notes. So is Williams. You can follow us there and let us know if you're there. We'd love to know what Apple Insider listeners are there. And also, don't forget, you can support the show, patreon.com slash appleinsider and directly in Apple Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll thread you next time. <laughs> so you made me snort. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did that just for you. Just for you. <laughs>